Welcome to the Gardens Podcast. This message entitled, Disappointed with Jesus, was given by Bill Dogtrum and is the fifth in our series, Advent. What brought me to this is um, the realization that after everybody went home, Mary and Joseph and the baby were there. And now what? I mean, can you imagine what the two of them must have been anticipating with the angelic announcement of his birth, right? This is, this is I mean, this is a big deal that um, this baby uh, has an angel announcing uh, his arrival nine months prior in a dream, right? Telling Joseph, don't be afraid. This is all going to work out. Um, so when he was born nine months later, can you imagine what it must have been like for them to have, have, have been in that place? Well, to, well, I'm going to read you through the text here in a few minutes. But to have been in that place, uh, to, 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 to maybe with the aid of a midwife, we don't know from the text, but it was very common in the, in the day uh, for a midwife to have been present and to have, have received that that baby boy, and because they knew it was going to be a boy already, right? To count, one, two, three, four, five, okay, good, good, good. And, and, and check, you know, whose nose does he have? Whose ears does he have, right? You ever visited a newborn in the hospital with mom? Look, he's got his dad's eyes or his, his mom's ears. Um, that's what we checked with our kids right away and make sure they didn't have their dad's ears. That, that was a good thing. Um, <laughs> Uh, and, and, you know, you, you, you do that. And then they just notice, this kid looks awful ordinary. He, he doesn't glow, right? I mean, when you think of what set them up for his birth, I'm wondering if they didn't expect something other than what they got. And I wonder if sometimes that doesn't happen with us with Jesus, too. We have an anticipation of what's going to happen when we commit our lives to Him. And then sometimes we find out that it's just, initially at least, more of the same. It's, 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 it's yesterday redux. So with that in mind, though, I want you to come to a very familiar text. Uh, last time we talked, I, I was uh, setting up the story in, in Luke chapter um, 1 of Zechariah and the announcement uh, uh, that, uh, that we are working on with, uh, with, uh, with that. And Darren has walked you through, through texts. But I, wanna, I want to take the one uh, from the Charlie Brown Christmas. The, I'm going to read Linus's part. Is that, is that right? Anybody, is that a Christmas tradition for anybody? Put the Charlie Brown Christmas on? Yeah. All right. All right. How, any, what other movies are, are Christmas traditions? Wonderful Life? Christmas Story. That was my childhood. That kid with the tongue on the flagpole. I knew that kid, right? And, 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 and a brother that fell over and couldn't get up because he had so many layers of clothes. That, I knew that guy, right? Anybody else grew up in the Midwest or up in the Great White North or any place? You know, it's just, it's just that way, right? Yeah. What else? Any other movies? The Grinch Who Stole Christmas. We're not going tradition here. We're, we're, we're new age. Yeah, all right. That's fine. Yeah. All kinds of fun stuff. 
Well, my, well I think my favorite is, is, the, is the, it's not really a movie, but the Charlie Brown Christmas thing, because that was also my Christmas. My dad never went to get a tree unless he was gunned to his head, forced to go out and get a tree. I can remember many Christmas Eves out on the Boy Scout lot picking out the tree that was left. And you know what it looked like when we got it home, right? It had been sitting there, and, and in Canada, where I grew up, it regularly got to 25, 30 below zero by the time we hit Christmas. So the trees had been through a cycle, if you know what I mean. Uh, and we brought them inside, and we didn't have one of those fancy stands. You know, we had a, had a bucket of rocks. That, true, that my dad, a, a, a tin pail, right, that he sucked this thing in and, and then built the rocks around it, and then, pour, it was, it was, and, it, and then all of the decorations, and it was just a miracle it didn't catch on fire more than, more than once. Um, so, anyway, that's the setting for this story. Uh, it's Luke chapter 2, and um, we'll pick it up at verse 8. Uh, in the same region... There were some shepherds. The same region here is the area around Bethlehem where Mary and Joseph had gone because Joseph probably owned some property uh, in uh, Bethlehem or at least was, was connected there for tax purposes. Uh, whether born there or not is, is not clear, but uh, he goes there because of the census that uh, was being taken. In that same area, just three and a half, four miles outside of um, Bethlehem, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by, by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were terribly frightened. And the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of a great joy which shall be for all the people. For today, in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared... With the angel, a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among men with whom he is well pleased. It came about when the angel had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds began to say to one another, Let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing which has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came in haste and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. When they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child. And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary treasured all these things in her heart and pondered them. The shepherds then went back, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen, just as had been told them. So we pick it back up at verse 8, same region, shepherds staying out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks. Bethlehem was the area where the sheep were raised for the temple sacrifices. So it's quite likely that the sheep that they were caring for would, in some point of time, 
not too distant future, be taken into Jerusalem and be, become part of the regular sacrifice. It was those sheep that these shepherds were watching. I, think, I find that fascinating, uh, that, the, that the first uh, hearers of the gospel are those who are raising sheep for the old news um, to be, to be um, uh, kind of uh, taken, taken over. Um, they were out in the fields, so that means it was probably sometime in spring or, or summer. Um, that is also why, by the way, they could put the baby in a stable. Uh, in the winter, the stables would have been used uh, by the animals. Uh, and so the fact that they were out and staying out with the sheep overnight indicates that we're probably into some warmer weather in spring. Um, or or I, I know that that probably just messes with people I should have warned you, uh, spoiler alert, uh, Jesus wasn't born December 25th. That's the day that we, I'm so sorry, uh, that's the day that we celebrate, is that, is that okay? Okay, so anyway, keeping watch over their flocks, and then this, this and, 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 and I need you to know something here as we set this up. Um, when David was a shepherd, shepherds were still, King David the writer of the most beautiful songs and, 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 and psalms that we have, many of them we have now. Shepherd, uh, to be a shepherd was a, a, a fairly respectable um, occupation. But by the time we get to the first century, shepherds are uh, viewed as the lowest of the low. Uh, they cannot give testimony in a court of law. They cannot, because of their occupation enter into the holy place because they are viewed as perennially unclean because they are constantly with animals and animals do what animals do. So a shepherd could raise the sheep for the sacrifice but could not go to the temple to participate in the worship that the sacrifice of that sheep provided. Right? They were viewed as uh, notorious liars. That's why they couldn't give testimony in a court of law. To be a shepherd was to be a liar. Uh, and, and of course, uh, their testimony also was suspect uh, because they were regularly uh, drunk. So you have this scenario. You have the street people of Bethlehem. You have the people who are not regarded, whose word will not be taken for at face value, who could not give on their life. They could not stand in a court of law and swear to anything and anybody would believe them. And it is to them that an angel comes and splits the night sky, tearing apart for just a moment the curtain between the spiritual realm and the natural realm and opening it up wide enough for himself to get through and saying to them, and in, 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 this, in this language, suddenly standing before them and the glory of the Lord streaming out through that opening in the curtain between spiritual and material is enough to give the shepherds terror. The Greek here uh, at the end of verse 9 uh, says, uh, they were ter terribly frightened. Literally, the Greek is, they, they, they feared with great fear. It was a, it, it's a doubling of fear. They were two times afraid, just absolutely terrified at this sight. 
sitting around the campfire, you can imagine, this is not something you would anticipate occurring. They have no forewarning of this. And all of a sudden, bang, there it is. And light as bright as day, glory streaming. Glory, by the way, is the both Old and New Testaments uh, is, is the word that is used to talk about how, how God is revealed. Uh, the Hebrew word is kavod. It means it has a heaviness. It has a weight to it. So this just isn't visible light. This is light with weight to it. When Moses turns aside, remember, in Exodus to see a bush that burns, uh, what he's seeing is glory. So now that, that same glory from this spiritual realm is, is, is streaming through the break in the, in the thin space between material and spiritual. And the shepherds are almost uh, overcome with terror. And so as often is the case, the first words out of an angel's mouth to whomever he goes and is sent is, don't be afraid. I bring you good news. I bring you the gospel. Now, I want you to notice what the gospel is. It's the good news, the gospel of a great joy. It's not just that, the, the, that joy is the response to the gospel, just the response to the good news. It's that the joy is the good news. That is to say, something is happening in your lifetime. Something is happening around you that will bring you this, 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 this resurgence of, of, of the very life that you long for, that, that you want. Right? So, news of a great joy which shall be to all the people. First of all, here it's the people of, of Israel who receive this good news, right? And then he goes on and says, For today in the city of David that has been born, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And instantly they would have, they would have clued in to what was going on because that, that Christos, that uh, Mashiach, uh, that is the one that every good Jewish boy and girl had been longing for, praying for, desiring since, since the beginning. And the shepherds are the first ones who get announcement that now is the time. There is born for you today, today, in this city of David, Bethlehem, which they would have recognized, the Christ that you have been praying for, the Messiah that you have been longing for. Today he is born. It is impossible for me to, 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 to overstate how this would have impacted them because they, had, they knew the buzz about Messiah. They'd had, they had had false messiahs come at them for the last 350, 400 years since the, since the Maccabees had restored uh, Jewish uh, residents in the land. They had been longing for, praying for, desiring First a prophet like Elijah that would come and prepare the way, and then um, a, 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 a Messiah that would come and be a political and military deliverer. So their anticipation of this in the city of David would be as of a ruler who would be like David, a great king who would restore Israel to its former glory, who would cast out the Roman occupiers, who would establish Israel once again at the center of the world stage. This is what the expectation of Messiah was. And the angel says to them, today. Now, he doesn't bother 
clarifying their misunderstanding of what Messiah is. He just adds in this phrase, is born for you a Savior. They didn't even hear that. They went right to Christ the Lord. They couldn't hear that language because it didn't make sense to them. Nonetheless, this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths. King James uses the language swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. So when you, the assumption of the angel is that these guys are going to abandon their sheep, that they are going to hightail it into Bethlehem and find this, find this baby, find this Messiah. And they're going to look for a newborn baby that is wrapped in swaddling clothes. This is a, a, a first century tradition. The belief was that as soon as a child was born, you needed to wrap each of the limbs of that baby in strips of cloth to keep the limbs straight. The belief was that if you didn't wrap them tightly, almost like a, like a mummy, a papoose style, if, you can, if you've got that image, right? Uh, then the, the baby, and because the informality rate was so high, because injuries to infants were so high, they often didn't even name children for a year, uncertain of their life, right? So, so, so th this is the expectation. You'll find a baby so newborn that he is still wrapped in these confining, swaddling clothes, right? And then you'll find him lying in a feeding trough. Lying in a... In, now, Bethlehem wasn't a very big, big community. Um, maybe a couple hundred families at the time. It's not, not very big. Uh, and so, so... And the shepherds would have been familiar with where these places might have been. Uh, you will recall that the reason they're in a laying the baby in a manger is because there was no room for them in the inn. Well, there weren't any inns either. It, it, it literally, the Greek inn here is not inn, it's house. So if you can imagine this, anybody go and stay with relatives over Christmas? Sleeping on the floor? Right? We got three people in a bedroom and designed for two or one. I mean, okay. Now, you've got all of these people who have been come back into Bethlehem. Where are they going to stay? They're going to stay with relatives. What happens when one of those people who is visiting your home comes to term and it's time for the baby to be born? There is no room in the house for a baby to be born. What are we going to do with this woman, this man, this new baby? Often, the stable was attached to the house with no more than a, a, a raised floor to separate stable from house, often just a curtain that would separate the two because you wanted to have access to care for your animals in the evenings or in the, at nighttime if, if, if you needed to. So it's not like they were out in the back 40 someplace. There was no back 40 
They were in a room likely that was attached to the house, but there wasn't room for them and the baby to be born in the house. So fortunately, the stable is empty. Why? The sheep are out in summer pasture, right? And so we've got this space. It's this or nothing. Now, I've probably just messed everybody's Christmas program up, right? Because we've got... Anybody play the innkeeper in the Sunday School Christmas? And I've just taken your part away. I'm so sorry. But anyway, um, because they didn't have hotels. They just stayed with, with folks, right? They didn't... There were no inns. They just... just State and, 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 and the baby is born. Now they lay him in this, in this cleaned out feeding trough, not uncommon. And when the shepherds make their way from house to house, they finally locate this, this baby. You'll notice in verse um, 13 that the angel is not alone. Suddenly, there appeared. I, I love that image, right? They weren't there a second ago, but now they appear. Angels can do that. Now, you, you think the guys were afraid before? They are freaked out by this appearance. I, uh, uh, my pastor in, in uh, the, of the church that uh, we go to on Sunday mornings, uh, suggested that part of the reason for this might be that they finally, they could not contain themselves. Angels finally getting a glimpse of what God was up to, hearing the announcement. Because remember, they'd been observers in the announcement to Zechariah. They had been he, overhearing Gabriel making the announcement to Mary. And now, nine months later, finally we have this birth of this baby and the angels are hearing the announcement that, that there is born today in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord, a, 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 a sign of great joy, peace, you know, this whole, this whole thing. And the, and the angels just cannot contain themselves. They finally get it. And so they appear and join and sing, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace. So at the end of this, then they go away. And, it, 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 and it's like, now what are the shepherds saying to one another? Did you guys, anybody else see that, hear that? Was it, was it just me? What, what was in that, that wine tonight? What, what, everybody doing this? Well, here's, here's the only way we can check this out. Let's go to Bethlehem. And see, if we find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger, we'll know we're not nuts. Right? So they, they hightail it two or three miles, half a, half a mile down the hill, wherever it was, into, into Bethlehem, in the middle of the night now, checking out all of the stables that they were familiar with, and finally come upon what? A baby. Wrapped in swaddling clothes. Newborn and lying in a manger attended to by a terrified, exhausted 15, 16-year-old girl and a blue-collar worker with calluses on his hands, a stonemason. Really? This is it? 
The Savior? Son of David? Messiah? The one who's going to deliver us from the... But this is the sign we were told to expect. Anybody else been disappointed with Jesus? You get there, you get the stuff, you know, you know, you know, and then this is it. They made known the statement, verse 17, which had been told them about this child. It must have been an interesting conversation for Mary and Joseph as well, because they obviously didn't tell very many people the story, probably only three or four, right? Zechariah, Elizabeth. Now they're here with this baby. And all of a sudden, these ruffians come in. These street people. Smelling like sheep. And maybe something else. With this amazing story. Shepherds on the hillside whose testimony is not admissible in a court of law. Who are notorious Liars who couldn't attend a worship service in temple because they are perennially unclean. And where are they? They are at the holiest place on earth right now. Because unto them is born a Savior. Who is Christ? Who did he come for? Two years from now, some wise guys are going to show up at King Herod's court. We're looking for the one who is the king of the Jews. News to Herod, he thought he was the king of the Jews. That's why, by the way, he kills everybody under the age of two. He calculated that the length of time that the, shepherd, that the wise men took to get to Jerusalem would have been roughly two years, so we're going to eliminate all rivals. And they finally locate the baby. That would have been a, li a little bit more sense if he would have come to the, to, the, to, the, to the high and mighty, right? If he had been born someplace to somebody who was important and significant. But who did he come to? And who did the news come to? For whom was he a savior? The nothings, the nobodies, the losers, the liars, the people who hadn't a prayer all of a sudden have a savior. Who is Christ the Lord? When they went, verse 18, all who heard it wondered at the things which the shepherds told them. Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds went back, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen, just as had been told them. Can you imagine what it must have been like to be one of those shepherds? For the, I mean, you have got the story of a lifetime in one summer night, and nobody will believe you because you're a shepherd. Anybody found yourself similar situation? 
you've got a story to tell, and it's as true as any story you've ever told in your life before, but you've told stories that aren't true before, and now they won't believe the one true story that you've got to tell. That's these guys. But it didn't bother them that nobody believed them. They didn't need anybody to believe them to believe themselves. They had seen the baby. They told their story. And they returned glorifying and praising God for everything they had seen and heard. Mary's response was a little different. Did you notice that? Finally, confirmation of what nine months before had just seemed like a, a dream, maybe a nightmare. But here, these shepherds, unbeknownst, strangers, come in and affirm what she knows to be the case. That this is a Savior. This is the Christ. This is God. And what does she do with that knowledge? Nothing. She keeps it in her heart. Because what is she holding in her arms now? A Savior? A Messiah? A great military ruler who will deliver us from Rome? What is she holding in her arms? Here's terrified 16, 17-year-old girl. What is she holding? A baby. That's it. And he doesn't even glow. No little circle around his head. Nothing. He pees and poops just like every other baby. He cries. Sorry, it's another one that we can't. The little Lord Jesus, no crying he makes. Give me a break. Right? <laughs> just totally smashing all of this Christmas stuff for you tonight, aren't I? The cattle are lowing. Excuse me. No, summer, they're out. Anyway. Um, no donkeys, no wise guys, nothing. Just the three of them. Can you imagine her with all of that promise looking down into her arms and being elated but disappointed? Because now what comes after the birth of the baby? The raising of the boy. That's, 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 that's hard work right there. And who's going to do that, by the way? She had help getting pregnant, right? Who raised the boy? She did. Joseph did. I don't think, I don't think, <laughs> I don't think we should minimize both the excitement of the moment and the adrenaline drain and disappointment that follow. Maybe some of you are feeling that today. Anybody like that? First Sunday after Christmas. Christmas was a fabulous time. Ate too much of wonderful food. and Had great times with family and friends. Or maybe you didn't. Maybe Christmas for you was a lonely place. And you could hardly wait for Sunday to show up. Sunday to show up and, and, and be with a church community that uh, 
finally somebody else to talk to but me. Um, what I wanted to suggest to you tonight is with this story. Is that whenever Jesus comes, he's not going to be what you expect. And there's a very good chance that you might even be disappointed with the answer to your prayers. But give it time. Because unto you is born a Savior. Doesn't look like it now. Doesn't look like much now. It just looks like a baby now. But this is the hope of the world. Let's pray together. Mickey and Amy come back up. Lord Jesus, as we sit with this story and 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 it, it's so easy for us, Lord, to um, kind of forget the human dimension of 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 this birth, of this moment, and to um, kind of leapfrog straight from the manger to the cross, to the empty tomb, to the throne, and just. And that, that, that we, we can do that. But it's going to be almost 30 years before anybody else hears anything about this story. And in the meantime, this baby becomes a boy raised by an ordinary man, an ordinary woman. Within two years, they will be refugees in a foreign land. They will be um, chased out of their own country upon threat of death. It's not what they expected. And I suspect, Lord, that some of us here tonight uh, sit in that same place with some disappointment, maybe some frustration, maybe some anxiety about um, just how we're feeling. Christmas was a great time of celebration and hope and hopefulness, and now here we are two or three days later and just kind of feeling the drain. Help us to just enter into that, Lord. And uh, hang on tight to the baby. Because when everything else is said and done, everybody else has gone home, we still have a story to tell. We still have something to ponder in our hearts. Let it be so tonight, in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to hear other messages from the Garden, or would like to find out more about the Garden Church, please visit us on the web at thegardenlb.org.